It's all about your health, your wellness. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Get healthier, get fit, eat better, have a richer quality of life. Health on the go. Staying well with Melanie Cole, MS. Atrial fibrillation has long been linked to your risk of stroke. But what if there's a monitor that can save you from the stroke? My guest is Dr. Rod Passman. He's the medical director for the program for atrial fibrillation at the Bloom Cardiovascular Institute. Welcome to the show, Dr. Passman. So tell us about the link, first of all, between AFib and a stroke. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on your show today. Uh, I think that this is uh, really an important issue because atrial fibrillation is the most common abnormal rhythm of the heart, and there are at least 5 million Americans who have this abnormal rhythm. The problem is is that many of us may not know it. The rhythm may be asymptomatic, and it may come and go, so that if you go to visit your doctor and the doctor says everything sounds good or looks good on an EKG, now, that may not be enough. The problem with atrial fibrillation is that whether you feel it or not, and whether it's, or whether it's present some of the time or all the time, is that there's a very strong association between AFib and stroke. Uh, we know that people who have atrial fibrillation have a 500% increase in the risk of stroke, and that these strokes tend not to be little ones. These are strokes that often are major leaving a significant deficit or may even be life-threatening. So, Dr. Passman, typically treatment, when you know that you have AFib, you go right on Coumadin. That, you know, tell, the doctors tell you that that helps to prevent clotting, which could cause a stroke. But now what are we talking about a monitor that could possibly let you know in advance is that what it's going to be, this implant cardiac monitor that would kind of give you a warning sign of an impending stroke? Well, I think you raised some really important questions. Uh, first of all, we do know that um, blood thinners called anticoagulants are incredibly effective at reducing the risk of stroke in patients who have atrial fibrillation. And since the 1940s, uh, the drug Coumadin has really been the only drug available. But in the last three or four years, Three new agents have come out um, that are at least as good, if not better, than Coumadin and probably safer than Coumadin. So the point is, is that finding atrial fibrillation before something happens is really important because we do have effective therapies. Now, as I mentioned, since you may not know you have it uh, and it may come and go, you know, how do we find this problem? This isn't like elevated blood pressure or high cholesterol, which is pretty much always there until it's treated. So your doctor has the luxury of testing you during your visit and says, yes, your, your blood pressure is high, your cholesterol is high. As I mentioned, the sporadic nature of atrial fibrillation can make finding it extremely challenging. So that's why monitoring patients becomes really important here. Unfortunately, the types of monitors that we've had traditionally, the ones you wear, are really not very good because if you wear a monitor for a few hours or a few days or even a few weeks, you could have episodes of atrial fibrillation beyond the time that you're wearing the monitor. So what we found is that uh, monitoring patients while finding some individuals with AFib misses a lot of AFib. So then the challenge becomes, how are we going to monitor the rhythm of your heart for a long period of time? And really the answer to that is implantable cardiac monitors. The first devices were the size of a sort of a USB thumb drive, and they would be implanted underneath the skin to the left of the breastbone, 
and they would continuously record the rhythm of the heart. And these devices were initially designed for patients who had passing out spells, where the passing out spells were thought to be due to transient abnormal rhythms of the heart. But in the last few years, these devices have become more sophisticated and can now see the irregular heartbeats of atrial fibrillation. And while the device doesn't give you a warning that you're going to have an episode of AFib, what it does is it catches the first episode. So instead of you presenting with a stroke, um, your doctor can know that you're having atrial fibrillation and get you on one of these blood thinners before the stroke occurs. Now, as I mentioned, the earlier iterations of this device were the size of a USB thumb drive uh, and were put in underneath the skin in maybe a 15 to 20-minute surgical procedure. Uh, about a month or two ago, the new device was released, which is about the size of, I would say, the length of a AAA battery and about a third of the width. In fact, the device is sort of so small that it's injected underneath the skin using a special syringe. It takes less than a minute to put, to put in and doesn't require uh, any stitches or sedation. And this device is even wow. more sophisticated. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's, a, it's a really a, a huge leap forward in, in technology. What's also interesting about this device the old device, you would need to wake up in the morning, put a, a wand on the device, which would transmit the data from this chip over the Internet. And typically, this was done once a month or so. Now, unless the patient felt symptoms, there would be no reason to transmit. This new device automatically hooks up with a bedside transponder, and if you've had an, any abnormal rhythms of the heart, it finds the nearest cell phone tower and transmits that data to your caregiver. So we could know that you had an abnormal rhythm even if you didn't know it. And we could know that you've had an abnormal wow, that rhythm is within so hours cool. of the event. That is so cool. Quite a change from the days when with a pacemaker you had to call your doctor on the phone and hook your phone up to the thing so you could read their pacemaker. Now that is amazing. Who would would you recommend get this implant if they don't know they've got it and they're maybe at risk for heart disease or even AFib or they're of a certain risk factor, how would they be the person to know that, you know what, I want this monitor and I want to know if I'm going through this? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. I think that we're, we're, we're trying to define that now. There is a very important study that I was a part of that deserves some mention. And we know that patients who already had a stroke are at high risk of having a recurrence. What's amazing is that about a third of the patients in this country leave the hospital after a stroke with no diagnosis. We don't know the mechanism of the stroke. And those patients are labeled having a cryptogenic stroke, which is a fancy word for we don't know why. Well, we have a rhythm of the problem. We have a rhythm that could come and go. We have a rhythm that's closely associated with stroke. And we have a rhythm that may not be present when you come in with your stroke. So the natural question is, how many of those patients who are labeled as having a cryptogenic stroke actually have an abnormal rhythm. But we just didn't pick it up in the routine monitoring that we do. So we did a study where we took 440 patients from around the world. Half got this little implantable monitor, and half got standard routine monitoring. Well, we found that at the end of three years, about 30% of the patients who got the monitor implanted were found to have atrial fibrillation. In those patients who got routine follow-up, only 3% were found to have atrial fibrillation. It's not that they weren't having atrial fibrillation. It's just that it wasn't being found. So there's one example of a very high-risk population where these devices, I think, can change therapy and save lives. Now, could we use this in patients who already have an 
atrial fibrillation. We were trying to make decisions about do they still need to be on blood thinners. Let's say we've done something to these patients in a normal rhythm. The patients feel great. Every EKG that we do shows that they are still in a normal rhythm. But then we ask ourselves, well, did we really cure them? Can we really stop a blood thinner if these patients are truly in a normal rhythm all the time? And again, this may be another use for this device. We're also looking at this device for screening, right? As I said before, this disease, atrial fibrillation, uh, involves more than 5 million Americans. And for many of those patients, the stroke may be the first manifestation of the atrial fibrillation. Well, why not look for atrial fibrillation before something bad happens? And an ongoing study now, putting these devices in patients who, based on age and other risk factors, we know are at high risk of developing AFib, and we want to find that AFib and do something about it before a stroke occurs. That is amazing information and so much hope on the horizon. Thank you so much, Dr. Rod Passman. You can go to nmh.org for more information and Bloom Cardiovascular Institute at heart.nmh.org. This is Melanie Cole. You are listening to Radio MD. And if you missed any of the great information, please, you can go and listen anytime on demand or on the go. Share it with your friends. This is the kind of show that could save lives. That's what we're doing here at Radio MD. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well.